0: I am joined right now by QT Marshall. You know him from his work behind the scenes, on air with All Elite Wrestling. We're going to talk a little bit about ongoing uh, feuds, where where you go from here, what you're currently doing, all that fun stuff in between. How you doing today? Great, man. How are you? Not too bad. I, w- I wanted to start with uh, the nice little shiner you have going on there. Uh, sure. It looks like yeah. it's it looks like it's better.
1: Yeah, it's almost it's- gone. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I always tell everyone like Wolverine, I had neck surgery in 2016. And uh, I think the timetable they gave me was nine months to a year. I was wrestling in five months and I was fully fused and everything. So I don't know. I'm just very lucky. I think uh, not drinking or smoking or, you know, being as healthy as I can be, uh, with the exception of eating a lot of Reese's peanut butter cups. Other than that, you know, <laughs> I think I'm pretty healthy. So I think it goes a long way.
0: And yeah, uh, uh, you know, Halloween just happen so you, you got to be careful with those yeah, that's that's exactly. always out there but uh yeah if people didn't see when it just happened you know you're sporting a pretty puffy face there so it looks yeah. pretty good it's
1: yeah it's not bad like i said it's character you know plus i mean the guy that did it was 10 from the dark order who one is my student and two um you know i think he got what he got what he got coming from John Moxley that night, uh, a couple <laughs> days later. So, yeah. You
0: know. Yeah. That's what I was going to point that out. Like, you know, you, you're his uh, professor, his teacher, how, you know, trainer, however yeah. you want to call it. But uh, what's the uh, status as far as you getting back in the ring? Are there any restrictions? Is it just yeah. this?
1: No, not at all. Um, you know, we filmed some, you know, we did Dark and I was at ringside with Aaron Solo and his match with Brian Danielson. And, you know, it's just, it's hard right now with, uh, excuse me, you know, with all the talent that we have, you know, there's so few spots on TV, of course. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're just not in a rush and just trying to figure out what's next for us and what we can do and what's fun as well. I've always said this, like me personally, I knew the factory is more about the other guys as well. So like, I'm trying to, you know, see, and I think there's going to be some, uh, some stuff on the upcoming darks up ahead that, you know, they're going to be a part of and stuff like that. So I'm not really in a rush of course when something does come up i'm always ready and but we are going back to the drawing board we're actually all three of us uh because anthony's not here right now but um solo and Camarado and myself we're all driving to st louis in about i don't know 45 minutes from now maybe (laughs) no uh so we'll be driving over there so that's kind of when we do a lot of our our brainstorming and stuff like that and trying to figure out what's next
0: yeah but you know i think uh part of the the benefit is you're not being overexposed, I guess I would say. Like you have uh, some time in between some of these feuds and, you know, you you worked with Cody and then you worked with Paul White. And now with this, like this is, you know, I was asking more as far as a concern for injury, but you're not being forced onto TV every week where now, like when you come back, it's like, oh man, he's, you know, like kind of like the right reaction instead of, like, right. Oh, he's. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge believer in uh,
1: not forcing anything. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like you said, that's the good part. You know, um, we're not overexposing anyone really on on dynamite. That's not needing to be exposed. Let's put it that way, right? Like the guys that are on TV or most of the ones are that need to be on our TV for uh, ratings purposes and business purposes. And like I said, it's just a matter of you know finding the right thing and. I'm a huge believer also in not wrestling without a story. Um, I know, of course, at the end of the day, the the wins and losses do matter. So there is always a story in your wrestling match. It's just a lot harder if, you know, to get a fan emotionally invested. Um, But we do get great reactions when we go out there. And that's the positive. Um, You know, the fans do, whether they genuinely hate us or where they like to boo, it doesn't matter to me as long as they make noise. So.
0: Uh, you know the the story is interesting at least i want to talk specifically about the paul white match now because the the feedback i mean at least from my perspective it was maybe split uh i i know you in the past have said you know i'm getting a reaction so i'm doing my job you know yeah which is good but i feel like people maybe get hung up on the earlier comments about AEW being like sports centric and all that, because what I saw from that was really like a classic sort of eighties wrestling feud where you're, you know, egging this guy on and then finally the guy gets his hands on you and it's like, well, what did you expect from the match? He's going to cream him Like, <laughs>
1: sure. yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, there was a lot that went into that and it's Paul white, man like we signed Paul white. He is an active wrestler or, or we can't not let him wrestle. Um, but at the same time, I think you do have to be, you know, a little careful of who he wrestles and, you know, what kind of guys he's working with because one from a trust factor for him, right? Because, you know, uh, those, those hip surgeries were real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those were some things that actually did happen to him. So he has to trust who he's working with. And on top of that, the fans have to enjoy what's going on. And like I said, I don't believe in listening to the people on Twitter, because if we have a million views a week, over a million, and there's 17 people that don't, that are gonna comment on the graphic that goes up that says, you know, QT is on Dynamite. I don't care about those people because those people aren't buying the ticket anyway. You know what I mean? So like the ones that are in the live arena that are booing and getting into the stuff that we did, You know, that's what I listen to because that's pro wrestling at the end of the day. Like the audience reaction is the only thing that matters, Um, you know, from a business perspective. Of course, the rating matters as well, which is, you know, thanks to Paul. Like the rating was always good. Like Paul White is who he is. He's a major star in professional wrestling. So, you know, for the fans that didn't like it or didn't want to see it or whatever, then sure, don't watch it. But, you know, if you look at the actual numbers, I'm just talking about straight numbers. People watched it.
0: Now this, I I don't know if this came up or not, but did you guys ever talk like you're talking about the trust factor? Did it ever come up like, Oh, you're a monster factory guy. Like, Oh yeah, I was there too. Like what was any of that ever? No,
1: no. um, I mean, a lot of it was more, you know um, just, Hey, this is the, this is the idea and this is kind of the route that ever wants to go. Uh, And I think it was more or less like he and Tony probably had decided what route they, They kind of needed to to make it all work and they just needed somebody to do it. And I had just gotten done with Cody and I was working on Elevation and, and I remember like, asking him hey there's a fun spot that scott hall used to do all the time block the hip toss choke slam and then he would mock the giant and uh Mm -hmm. you know and i would say i said like hey do you mind if i and he's like i've been waiting for somebody to call me out like i'm just sitting here you know what i mean like and and people are just scared they're scared and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna will this into fruition not realizing that there was already like something kind of in place they were just looking for the right person so it 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 worked out at the end you know like i said i got a pay-per-view match out of it not that you know uh That's all it's about. But my guys got on pay-per-view. I had students that were part of angles that have never been on TV before and they got to do stuff like, you know what I mean? Like it was fun. Um, Tony Schiavone's kid got in there that, you know what I mean? There's just a lot of fun stuff that I think, you know, the general audience did enjoy. Like Mm -hmm. I said, the, the small minority audience, if they didn't like it, it is what it is. But you know, at the end of the day, I heard the reactions from the audience and like I said, that's what I go by.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll make the comparison myself, but I think you're sort of seeing some of that with the America Top Team stuff. Like, right, there might yeah, be rolled, a vocal uh, minority, but, you know, it, it is speaking and working with a, a right. different part of the audience, so...
1: Yeah, I think, again, I don't listen to... It was hard during COVID to, to gauge the reaction because there was no fans. And, the like, the small amount that we did have at Jacksonville... They were just happy to be there, I think. And we were happy to have them. So it was like great reactions no matter what. Um, But at the same time, like I remember when we started to go back to the live arenas, like, oh, man, this is the real test. Like I remember telling the factory guys, this is the test right here. If the people leave, they get up and walk away like uh, it might not be good. But if they boo, like we're doing our job. So
0: one of the things i did want to ask is you know you've played these various gimmicks over the years if you want to call them that you were uh god's gift you had the the apple with the you know alley and the bunny and now you're taking a more i guess real life approach if you want to call it that i don't really i don't really think it's a you know a a stereotype but it is playing into that Italian. Yeah, I'm an
1: Italian from New Jersey that is very honest and, you know, and people don't like it. It is what it is. That's who I am. It's who I'll always be. God's gift to professional wrestling. The reason that came up, uh, I used to, you know, when I went to Ring of Honor, I was considered like my moniker was naturally gifted. And the reason for that is I can do borderline anything, like in the ring. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it. That doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, unless my match calls for it, like, you've seen it when I'm, you know, all out two years ago or a year ago, you know, I can do a front flip over the top rope and land on my feet. Like there's things I can do, um, that people are like, Oh man, I didn't know you could do that, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. So that was one of the things that I always said, like, you know, I'm naturally gifted at this. This is just the one thing in my life that I am really good at. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the fundamental aspect of it now connecting with the audience, all that other stuff, that's a whole nother whole nother thing. But, um, you know, so then the Apple thing was just because we were on road to, and I was eating apples trying to get in shape because I always knew I wanted to wrestle. Uh, so I, instead of eating candy, like I said before, you know, I started eating apples and then Cody was like, ah, the internet's, you know, YouTube viewers are starting to catch on in this Apple thing. Like you should. And because I'm, naturally gifted in a lot of sports i could throw it up behind my back and catch it <laughs> it's just kind of mm-hmm. cool I was like, oh that's what i'll do in my entrance like you know plus we can make a cue out of the apple sign and all this stuff so you know it was just something for the audience to know oh that's that apple guy you know what i mean and but it was never what i love to do um then i started team with dustin i started phasing that out of it um but this is more me you know i don't like i don't mind being hated You know, even backstage sometimes, like if I have to deliver bad news, I'm the guy that can do it because I don't mind. Like, I'm very honest. I don't beat around the bush. I just tell you exactly what it is. And we've had extra talent here before where I've worked with and I've had to deliver the news of like and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm just here to try to get a job. And I'm like, I'm letting you know right now, like the spot that you're trying to do in this match is not going to get you a job. And it comes off very rude and abrasive, but I'd rather be honest than let someone go out there and risk their life for something that I know deep down is not going to, you know, help them out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you just have to know how, who I am and how I am. And once you do that, everyone's like, man, QT is the greatest guy in the world. And I'm like, but I also keep my circle small as well, because especially with the position that, you know, we're in an AEW and just everything in general, like I've learned over the years that you, you can't trust everybody
0: yeah no it, it's good that you, you put it that way because so often it, people want to say like oh he's you know like you are italian and you are from new jersey but you're playing like this and you know they yeah, like they i want to put that I, label on it
1: yeah i'm not gonna come out there with a fake accent you yeah. know what i mean i'm not uh, you know it's just not me i won't do yeah. that because again that's fake i would just rather be me every story i think i've ever told was was me like even the Cody stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there are nights when, you know, I'm up till two nights ago, literally two nights ago, I'm up, I go upstairs to talk to Tony at, you know, 2 AM. I'm there till five, five 30. And then I go back to the room and I format everything. And it's like, everyone else is sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, and then they wake up for dynamite and like, everyone's happy. They're like you too, Why you look so tired? Well, I'm up all night. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, at the end of the day. So having that in part of my, my promo, people are like, some people it. It's like, how could you knock it? It's real. Like, I don't care what you say. Like I'm telling the truth out there, you know? So, and and it's much easier to tell the truth than to try to come up with some fake story to get people to care.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll put this in the simplest terms. I can try to, if you've ever stayed up late and worked and you saw other people that weren't working, but you're still there, you can relate to what, you say whether yeah. it's on the level that you're doing it or on a basic level or yeah, just that That's other true. person's not working as hard as, as hard as me i mean you so right, you before can understand AEW, it.
1: right before AEW, i was you know running the school but i also worked at home depot overnight just for extra money and they pay you hourly of course and i'm used to i never wanted a job that paid you hourly i know i just didn't, never believed in it i believe i'm a hustler so like cash, you know, uh, waiting tables, bartending, whatever I could do where no one could control how much money I make. And I'm there and it's like, I work really fast. You know, I try to get the job done because I'm always looking for the next thing. And all of a sudden I'd be finished. They're like, hey, can you go help out Nathan? I'm like, why do I have to help Nathan? They're like, well, because, you know, that's what happens when you're done with your stuff. You have to go help the other guy stock the shelves. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, because he's going slow, I have to do extra work, but still get paid the same. I was there for about two weeks. So... (laughs) <laughs> you know let's put it that way
0: i worked at home depot it was that way
1: yeah i like I, I mean you i know, liked
0: it. it but whatever yeah
1: yeah, yeah no uh, and i'm a people person too so like people just wearing headphones and stocking shelves kind of made me go crazy mm-hmm. i think one time i spent more than i made in the hour in the break room <laughs> on the vending machine so that's i remember texting my wife like i'm pretty depressed right now i think i just spent 14 in the vending machine so i'm gonna just quit mm-hmm. she's like yeah do what you do what you got to do we'll be
0: fine it's like all right that was it. Now you've obviously moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, no God. offense, I still shop at Home Depot, no offense to you guys. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Of but, uh, you know, you, you kind of highlighted some of your journey uh, in your documentary. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Frank last year. Um, yeah. just, I mean, do you, do you look back at a certain point? Like, do you say like, oh, here's where the story left off and here's kind of like what I can show people on TV so far, or, or like, do you have like any sort of way to look at or measure your success? If you want to look at it as like the documentary ended here, here's what, what I've done so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when I look back, I just think about at that time in my life, I was just, you know, I had neck surgery. I was going through a bunch of stuff and there's also no alternative to what we do. So it was kind of like, hey, it's WWE or or bust, right? And uh, so that was a little harder for me. But at the same time, I remember in 2017, at the end of 2016, I told my wife, hey, we're going to move to Atlanta, and I'm just going to open a wrestling school. And she's like, okay, um, and and what? And I'm like, yeah, we'll just see what happens. And she's like, okay, and like, is that going to be successful? I was like, it will. She's like, okay, but you know, there's multiple schools down there. I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to coach. And I know a lot of wrestling schools don't coach and not knocking certain schools, but a lot of them don't. It's you know, it's, everyone thinks this is like an easy way to make money and it's not, it's very difficult. But at the same time, if you actually coach people and then when you get people that are worth helping out, you do help them out. And I always thought of that approach. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to help everyone I can. And eventually it'll come back to me. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I already tried the other way where I only tried to help myself and that really didn't work out too well. So let's see how this goes. At the worst case, I'm just going to help a bunch of people and then no one ever helps me. And if it is what it is. And within, you know, less than two years, you know, there's AEW and you know, somebody helped me. So um, yeah. So, I mean, like I do look back and think, but I also think that there's a lot of mistakes that I made, you know, young and naive and not understanding how a lot of the inner workings of life worked. So you know, I got a lot of life experience in between. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, part two would be a really cool, cool story, but uh, it hasn't ended yet. So I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. I want to keep going.
0: Yeah. There you go. Uh, If if you want to look at recent history, there's Halloween kills and Halloween ends. They're telling the middle part of the story. So maybe you could do that, but you know, let's wait. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, the middle is just the the grind of opening the wrestling school and, you know, and working at Home Depot and Longhorn during the day and the school at midday and then, you know, Home Depot at night. It was just, it was a grind. But like I said, I, I made it work and I enjoyed it. So it was like going to the school was not work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether I had one student or 10, it didn't matter to me.
0: Yeah. And you hear it so often that, you know, it's cliche, but find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So...
1: Honestly, I've never wanted to type on the computer for a job, and that's what I do backstage. I don't mind it at all. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, you got to change a second here or there, and you have to go through the whole format. You know what I mean? And it's just like I don't mind. Like this is wrestling. Like I don't have to be at Home Depot. That's literally what I tell everybody. I don't. And I'm not knocking Home Depot, but compared to what I do, like, man, there's it's night and day.
0: I have a couple more questions before I get you out of here. Uh, The feuds with Cody and Paul White, how would you say they best helped you grow as a wrestler?
1: Uh, One, I think the confidence level of like, again, this not to sound, I've been, I've been training for a very long time. So to know, like, I know I can go in the ring and wrestle. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I can remember stuff, I can call it out there like I'm good at that aspect of it, but also like just having the the confidence now to know that the number does well, right because it is a business um the boss is happy, you know, like everyone thinks Cody made this feud because he's my friend. they couldn't be farther from the truth, literally you know what I mean like tony's the boss, Tony told us what he wanted to do, and we did it, and we tried to do it the best way we could and tell our story. And you know it was a lot, a lot of little things where our ideas, like the way we did it, Arn, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like Cody didn't lobby for me to dude with him. You know what I mean? Like how, how does that affect our school business? Like there's a lot of stuff that you know goes into it. Where it's like, but at the same time, elevating the other guys and Anthony Agogo and stuff like that, it did make sense. Um, so, but I was scared. Like okay, well I don't know how this is gonna work. And you know the the exhibition match we did, like. The first part of it kind of didn't do too well at first on the number. But then, as soon as the turn happened, everyone shot back and started watching it. So it was like, okay, of course. Yeah, no one cares about the exhibition match between two friends. Like it is what it is. But then, as soon as the turn happened, the number spiked. And we're like, okay, we're off to the races. So, it, you know, obviously that's my one concern is I don't want to let Tony down. Uh, more than anything uh, because this is his business this is his life same way i don't want any of my assisting coaches to let me down at the school you know what i mean so it's kind of that was the biggest thing for me is to again know that i could go out there and do the job i'm asked for and not screw up i
0: guess <laughs> all right final question i know you you grew up around freehold so that's technically like neutral territory it's central new jersey sure is it called pork roll or taylor ham Mmm, pork roll. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Even- it is. I
1: mean, so when I used to work at uh my my family's deli, you know, um, my mom's like my stepfather's brother had a deli and when I was right out of high school, I had to work there and it's pork roll because you'd okay. write it on the you'd literally write it on the you'd fold the you know the tin foil over the sandwich, you'd put a post-it note on it, and you would put uh P E C pork roll, egg and cheese. You didn't have to put the R, it's P E C and then you'd put S P K, salt pepper ketchup. So it's definitely pork roll. Um, yeah. And I miss it, you know, living hey. in Atlanta,
0: we don't, you know, yeah. and my wife would probably tell me not to eat it. So. Well, I know when I live, I did live in Orlando for a little bit and they kind of right. started getting it down there, but it's still not the same. You want that yeah. Taylor brand, but I lived, the reason I asked was uh, I lived in Jackson for a while and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like you would hear both ways and I'm like, why are you calling, like, I would question it because I'm from Pennsylvania, but then I moved there and I would like, why are you calling it? like it's, right. it's pork roll, like, what, what is this Taylor yeah. Ham?
1: <laughs> Jackson is, uh, we used to say in Freehold, like, I don't go to Jackson. Like, we would joke about it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, of course, those were rivals for us. So, um, but yeah, it's cold up there. It's actually cold here too. It, you know, I'm in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, you know, well, but, I, I'm lucky. I That's where my wife's from. We're still married, so. Yeah, there you go. I went to Jackson for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, same same with me in freehold, man. I met my wife when I was 8 years old in 3rd grade and I said when I was 12 I said I'm going to I'm going to marry that girl. I don't know how and we separated for like uh you know when I moved to Florida and stuff mm-hmm. like 8 years. And somehow, you know, the world works in fun ways. So, I tell everybody, I have my dream car, I have a brand new Corvette, I have my dream job, I'm a wrestler and my dream wife. So, it's not bad for me, so and she's very supportive and uh Yeah, it's good stuff.
0: There you go. Can't ask for anything else. Uh, Wanted to just say appreciate the time again. Check out.